So just to get started here, um, I have a quick announcement that, that takes a little more explanation than just throwing this out. Hey, here's the dates for it. We're going to try something new in our kids' area. We have never done this before, and um, I, I think we will like it. Who knows? We may see we don't and change back and, and never do it again, but I, I think we're going to like it. We are going to try a kids' camp this year. So we're going to go really short, three days. It'll be July 15th through 17th. It'll be $200. There's going to be worship, teaching, small groups. Um, your child will get to choose some activities that they get to do um, that have some teachers for that. It's going to be finished third through finished fifth. Um, and if a child who's completed second grade would like to go, uh, we're going to ask that a parent go with them. But we're going to have a sign-up go out to the church tomorrow. But wanted to kind of give you a heads-up at this. It's going to be in uh, Kentucky. It's a, it's a group called Centra Kid. We've had several of our uh, members who used to work there and have actually led some of these camps um, when they were younger. And so some exciting stuff. I'm, I'm excited to share with you about that. I'm happy to answer any questions because obviously this is a new thing. But kind of wanted to give you all um, a little bit of a heads-up about that. So now let's get in the sermon. So today is not going to be the typical sermon at Providence. And um, we felt like we just needed to to pause and breathe a little bit because there was so much in that passage that Sarah just read that Joe preached last week. Um, Every one of those times it said, let us could be an entire sermon. And, And the first part of it where it says, since we have a great high priest and since we can enter into the holy place, um, that's, that's huge. That's been like the whole previous book of Hebrews. That's like chapters one through ten and a half. And so we, we wanted to give a little more time and let ourselves process this a little bit. So today, we're going to talk about one of those commands from last week's that, that said, let us do something. And I want to read it to you one more time. Um, just this little section here. This is Hebrews 10. Um, verse 25. It says, um, oh, lost my place. That's kind of fun. Yeah. All right, I'm going to quote it. Let us not forsake the fellowshipping of ourselves together. And then it says, encouraging one another. So this is something we are to be about. We are to be about the gathering together. And so what we're going to do is just kind of take a little excursus on this and say, what does it mean to talk about church membership? And that sounds like a really boring topic. And Joe said, I was supposed to preach last week, by the way, and they had some, some changes with schedules and the snow day. It threw everything off. So I was counting on that Hebrews ten twenty five. I was ready. I had the outline. Um, and then Joe said, no, you're preaching on church membership. I everybody's thinking the second I say that title, it is going to be a yawn. And so I really have been praying about this actually for about a month now. And how do we approach this? And what I want to do with you is is try to ask you to think in a creative way. Um, Some of you know I love the arts. Um, This morning, I listened to something that just just grabbed my my heart as I was listening uh, and driving into work. And uh, it was a spoken word to music. And it was a, a lady and a gentleman from England, believers, reflections on the entire book of Psalms. Um, it's called Psalm by Andy Hunter. Um, and it, it was just beautiful as these artists thought about what, how do we see and how do we like, get what the Scripture says. 
and, and that reflection on that soul. And so I want us to do that today. And the way I want us to do that is with some of the word pictures that Scripture gives us of the church. We're going to focus in on one, but I want to read really, really slowly as I look through what does the Bible say the church is like? What, it, what is the church? And it's amazing how many things the Bible gives us as this visual for the church. So right now in your brains, kids, maybe some of you more visual people with a little bit of talent, um, even on your, in your sermon guide, draw some of these things. I want us to picture this. But listen to these words, these pictures. In Scripture, the church is the bride of Christ. Think about that moment when, when you're at a wedding and, and everybody's cocking their heads because they know the bride is about to walk out. What a privilege to be called as a, as a body, the bride of Christ. We're branches on a vine. We get all our source from Christ. We're a field of crops. Fruitful crops, as a matter of fact. We're an olive tree. We're a harvest. We're a new temple. We're a holy building built up of individual stones. We're a nation of priests. That was the one that caught my heart this week. Just reflecting on how, I mean, that, there's no such thing out there besides the church. A nation of priests. A flock, like a, like a flock of sheep. And the one we're going to explore today. The church is a body. The church is a body. So a couple of those membership, or metaphors probably a, a refer to like the church as a whole. And so theologians over the years and pastors have called this the universal church or the invisible church because we don't exactly know who's in it. But this is all believers of all time that, that one day we're going to be around the throne of Jesus singing and praising our hearts out, serving Him forevermore. Like that's, the, that's the universal church. Sometimes, um, like we quoted the Apostles' Creed a few weeks ago, the lowercase c, like not Roman Catholic, but the Catholic Church, the, the universal church. Some of those metaphors refer to that, but most of them refer to a local church. Like what we're sitting amongst. Not, not this building, because we could be out in the parking lot and still do this same thing. We've been in the school right over there. I mean, I don't know if y'all can see this. Some of y'all don't know this. Those little peaks of the building, that's where we used to meet. That's where we met for six years. Um, we've actually been in here longer. Okay, so... Some of you who've been here a long time, think about that one. We've been here longer than we were there. We carried chairs and chairs and chairs. Yeah. And, and you know what we get to do now that we're in this building? We get to carry chairs and carry... So if you're here for the first week, don't worry. You didn't miss a thing. You get to carry chairs. But it's not this building. It's, it's this God's people together. And so a local or, or visible church, like we can literally see each other, a local or, vis, or visible church is something very special. And one of the things that God hit my heart on, carrying chairs this week, Monday morning. All right, so I got to tell you the story. How this, this, was a great passage or a great thought for me this week. 
So last Sunday, we had our members meeting, right? So we took all these chairs down, put out tables, put chairs around them, ate. And then Sunday night, because Joe, Chad, and I are dumb, some people wanted to set up chairs. Sure, go for it. Yeah, and then Monday morning, you know what we had to do? Yeah, we had to take on that. We actually didn't do it till Wednesday. We had to take down all the chairs again. Because we had Wednesday night, our gathering, which we were glad to... And I mean, I was just grumpy about it. I'm like, seriously? I'm dumb, and now I have to move chairs. But we tend to take this for granted. And what God did in my heart this week is just kind of that reminder of what a precious thing it is. To look out, what a privilege it is to stand up in this pulpit, but, but to sit there and sing with brothers and sisters who love me and know me and will be there when I'm having a lousy day. And I'm going to be there for them. This is a privilege. And the way, one of the ways that the Scripture describes this, this local body is as a body. We're going to talk about that today. So we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. So if you have a Bible, open that. There's some Bibles there in the uh, chairs in front of you if you want to. But what I want to do is, is give us a kind of a working definition. And we're not going to cover all of this in this sermon. So when I first started looking at this, I'm thinking we're going to hit three of these metaphors. And as I dug in, I'm like, boy, we're going to be here till five o'clock and some of y'all are going to be mad about that and um, some of the rest of y'all are going to be hungry and it, so we're just going to hit one of these but as we flesh this out the church is so much but I kind of want to give you a working definition so this is spelled out there in your worship guide there's a bunch of blanks to fill in so we're going to go really slow and then we're going to get into first corinthians twelve twelve. a local or visible church is a community of baptized believers created by Jesus Christ who are covenanted or committed, would be another word for that, covenanted together, submitting to a biblical form of church leadership. And then kind of here's the purpose, here's the why. To gather for the preaching of the Word, worship of our Lord, observation of of the ordinances, evangelism, service, discipleship, and prayer. I'm going to say that whole thing again. Um, but I want us to, to start getting and thinking about the local churches more. Because usually, in the last 30 years in my life, I've seen this happen. Evangelism was that thing you did on your own service, well, you just go and figure that out yourself. Discipleship, well, you go to, you know, a parachurch Bible study for that. But God's plan is for this stuff to happen in and through and with these folks that you're looking around and seeing right now. So let me read that definition again. Let's start to think about this. A local or visible church is a community of baptized believers created by Jesus Christ, who are covenanted together, 
submitting to a biblical form of church leadership to gather for the preaching of the Word, the worship of our Lord, the observation of the ordinances, evangelism, service, discipleship, and prayer. Now, you may have some questions about that. And by the way, that's awesome. We love to talk about these things. This is something that, um, uh, as elders, we're particularly passionate about sharing of why we have a high view of church membership. Why we throw that word baptized in there. That's, that's not everybody would say that in their definition, and we, we get that. We'd love to chat with that. I'm not going to answer every question admittedly. But I am going to answer, I hope, one question. And that is, why do you have church membership? And what does that mean? Because, I mean, why can't, if I'm a believer, and I'm right with Jesus, you know, I've been saved, why can't I just kind of go to this church one week, and that church one week, and another church one week, and, and you know, another week, I just want to worship at home. Why do you guys keep a list of people and you actually have to be voted into membership? And, and we actually vote people out of membership. So when somebody resigns, we, we vote them out in a, in a way of praying for them and sending them off to another local body. Why in the world would you go through all that? And, and like, there's nowhere I can't find that spot in the Bible that says, thou shalt be a member of the church. And by the way, there isn't one. Um, why would we go through all of this? And I want to see if we can answer that. And I think it's a confusion by our, that word membership can have multiple uses. And I think this scripture that we're about to get into will answer that. See, most of the time when we hear the word member, we think of a club, right? An organization. The local Lions Club has members, right? If you are in this group on Facebook, you're, you're a member of that group. Most of these groups and organizations, if it's, a, if it's a formal one, you pay your dues, right? And you have to fulfill certain commitments. And I, I think as Americans, just because that word member is the same for a club or an organization, we just assume that's what it means to be a church member. And that's not how the Bible uses the word member. That's not where it comes from. Ties are not dues. It's an act of worship. And this isn't to be on the in, the cool kids who are members, at the members only club, right? This is something different. So 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 12. I, I want to read this with you, and we're just going to talk through it. Then I have some applications I want to draw at the end. But I want you to hear two things. And I'm a very visual person. I literally have my, that's why I'm using my kind of devotional Bible here. Um, that's, I have this all drawn up. The, the blue and the orange, you, you'll see this flip. One, other. One other. And he, he's doing two things when Paul writes this. He's talking about how the body, the church is one. And there's lots of individuals in it. So I want you to see the flip between all, one, body, and individual, member, and person. So read this with me. 
1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one, he's talking about a, a human body here, and has many members. So in other words, my hand's a member, my arm's a member, the leg, you know, the foot bone's connected to the ankle bone, right? Like the, this, these are members of the body. For just as the body is one, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Membership in the local church is not membership in a club. It's being a part of a body. So kids, as you're listening, as you're processing this, I literally want you to draw out, however your art skills lead you, a little stick figure body, or, or maybe more, if you're more talented than that. I want you to draw this out. I want you to get this. We are talking about we, us, being a body. Verse 13. For in one, again, unity spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. So this is a picture of our salvation, but also that display or picture of our salvation, that, that baptism there. It's talking about the baptism of the spirit. That's, that's when we are saved. But then I think he uses that word baptized very intentionally. This is, this is publicly declared that we're saved as well. And we all did that as individuals, but it's all the same. So my brother's salvation sitting over there in the green chair is not a different salvation than I receive. Just because I'm one of the pastor elders here, like I don't have like bonus salvation. Like that's, there's no such thing. But there's somebody there, and there's somebody there, and there's somebody there, and there's some, and we all trust in the exact same Jesus who has sent the exact same Holy Spirit to dwell within us. And then, as a public act of declaring this, we were all dunked under in water as a display to everyone of what has happened. This is all the same. So he's, he's hammering at this is one body even though there was lots of individual members. Now let's get to verse 14. Now he's going to talk about more the, the individual part of this. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them. Let me hammer on that word. Each one of them. If you're sitting out there in the green chairs this week thinking, I am not needed, nobody cares, I just take, take, take. No, there is a reason you are at Providence. Every single one of you is precious because you are a brother or sister. Let me say something particularly to some of our um, older members. There is a ministry you have in being faithful and just showing up. 
Some of us younger folks, we, we get a lot of excuses. And I know I don't have some of the medical things that y'all face. I know it's a whole lot easier for me to jump in my truck and whip down here. Than it, like, there is effort put out. Some of you just being faithful week in and week out. When that is hard for you. Realize, this makes you part of our congregation. And we are so grateful for your example and your love. There is something here for each of you. And there, God has placed you here for a reason. Verse 19. If all were a single member, where would the body be? We would be stuck, right? There's, there's no movement if everybody's an eye. As it is, there are many parts and yet one body. This speaks to how we are different. I love how Mark Dever puts it, that the thing that makes us a church, that, that we know we're a church, is that the only thing every one of us have in common is Jesus. We have different vocations, different personalities, different sports teams. I mean, I know they're, you know, whatever the foosball game is tonight. I mean, I, I, by the way, I have succeeded. I do not know who is playing tonight. I try to make it to Sunday morning before anybody tells me who's playing in the Super Bowl. I have no clue. And I'm proud of myself. I succeeded this year. Last year I failed. Somebody talked to me too early. But none of that stuff is what draws us together. There's not a sign out front that says biker church, cowboy church, country music church, whatever church. Because that's not what puts us together. What puts us together is Jesus Christ. And we are all really different. There's different ways of going about things. There's different politics in here. There's different degrees of which we think we should even be involved in politics. And I mean, it, it spans it. And that's, that's fine. But what holds me to you and you, to you, and you, to you, and you, to me, is Jesus Christ. We are all members of the body. Paul goes and talks later about how every one of us has different gifts. Things We bring something else to the table. But we're members of the same body. Look at verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand. So again, we're talking about, he's literally saying the eye physically cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor the feet to the head, I have no need of you. If we found a dismembered foot out in the parking lot, something went badly wrong, right? <laughs> that is not good. That is a bad day. We don't find dismembered body parts laying around and if we do something went drastically wrong someone's body at that point is guaranteed to not be healthy now i want to say this gently and i want to say this kindly but i also want to challenge and, and maybe gently step on a toe here There are believers, there may be believers watching on the live stream that are totally good not being part of a local body. Brothers and sisters, I know you're believers. I know you're godly folks in some ways. 
This, this is a lack. God's called us to be part of a body. You can't say, I don't, I don't need that. Because again, a dismembered body part, that's, that's not healthy. It may still be a foot, but, but it's not a healthy foot. It needs to be connected to the body. Let me challenge you. Let me ask you to think about that and rethink what membership means. Not a club, but a member of a body. Verse 22. On the contrary. So the opposite of the dismembered body part out there. So now, let's, let's look inside a little bit. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Kids, that means you cannot do without of it. Without it. So those parts that seem like maybe that guy that comes to church that feels like, I can't do any, I can't do this, I'm not a teacher, I definitely can't sing like Sarah and Hannah, and you know, I can't play the guitar or pat my tummy like Chad when he doesn't have a guitar. and all Like I can't do any of that kind of stuff. You are not less than anybody on this stage. You are indispensable. Let me say something particularly to to our folks who might have a special need. I want you to know, we see you and love you and you are as much a part of this body as me or anybody else. You're indispensable. We can't be providence without you. Verse 23. On those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow greater honor. So church, here's the call. Those folks that may be, I don't know, super, super introverts. I mean, they are like the king of introverts. How do we lift them up? Because you know all of us that make this big show and are willing to jump up front and do things, we're also the people that usually put our feet in our mouths the most and do dumb things. I've said not to him because he'd hit me, but to many people. The person I, I believe and I respect is the most godly man in this church has never been on this stage. Unless it was maybe to clean something. You wouldn't know it. Unless you're one of the handful of people. Because he is very introverted. And would never be up on this stage. A godly man. We need to bring honor to these folks. That's part of our calling as a church. All right, back to 23 there. And on those parts of the body we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our presentable parts, we treat with greater modesty. In other words, there's parts of our job as as church members is telling people like me who are willing to get up here, like, yeah, calm down for this time. Let's let somebody else do that. Like, that's part of our job is to bring up because Christ is displayed in the weakness of, our bodies, and our talents. We want Him to shine, not us. 
Verse 24, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. Who picked you to be here? God did. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, and that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I want you to think, what does that mean for me? What, what, how do I need to rethink this whole thing, my whole consideration of church? And particularly this church, or whatever church, I know we have some guests in, we're welcome, we're glad you're here. Apply this to the church you are a part of. We're grateful for our sister churches around this world. So let me throw some things out. I'm just going to, I'm a shotgun today, all right? If you're not a member of a church, considering joining our church or another Jesus-exalting gospel-preaching church. I don't mean you have to make that decision this very second, but I mean you need to start looking that way. Somewhere. Be committed. Second thing, when you join, really join that. Be a member, a part of that church. Meet people, serve, invite people to lunch, gather together faithfully. That's Hebrews, right? That's where we started. Do not forsake the fellowshipping of yourselves together. In other words, get together. Let me challenge you to that. Now, get ready, because most of this is to the members. We're going to get a little more serious here, all right? Remember what you're a part of. This is what I needed to hear this week. Remember what you're a part of. This is an expression of the body of Christ. Think about that. The body of Christ. And I get ungrateful. I become so familiar that I forget what a blessing it is to be here. There's some work to it. There's some effort. I forget. Rather than whining about moving the chairs, hug him. By the way, we've got to move the chairs again next week. Just, you know, lots of fun. Remember the privilege of moving chairs with your brothers and sisters. This is a family reunion every Sunday. Remember why we're doing what we're doing. Two, pray for the members of Providence. One of the things that we encourage people to do, and I I planted some directories there at the back you can pick up on your way out. Pray for providence. Pray for every single member. Again, remember that presenting greater honor to those that might seem to be lesser honor. There's a directory over there so you won't forget people. First day of the month, pray for A. Second day of the month, pray for all the B's. Pray for all the C's. Get ready when you get to H's and S's because those are long days. Pray for each other. Make sure every single member, and by the way, I'm talking students or older kids who've been baptized who remember, like, yeah, this includes you. We want to pray and care about you. Next thing, engage with members of this church. Like, get together. Really do it. Uh, yes, 
Fellowship together. But keep going. Get in a group. Invite people to lunch. Invite people to dinner. Like, get together. Love each other. Invest in one another. Disciple one another. And by the way, this includes kids and students. All our kids don't go to the same school. All our students don't go to... I don't know if any of our students go to the same school. I know that's an overstatement, but like, we're, they all are way spread out. It's going to take some effort. And parents, guess who's going to have to start that a lot of the times? But students, let me, let me speak to you particularly. When your parents say, let's go, get there. Think about... The reality of that. And I know there's hard... Look, I was... It's hard to find a more socially awkward teenager with peers than me. Like, I was not... I was not very popular. Let's just put it like that. Push yourselves. When your parents remind you... Yeah, let's go. Let's get to Wednesday night. Go. And it may be like pulling teeth, and, and you know it's pulling teeth, but do it. Do it as a spiritual investment. And when you get there, remember it's not all about you. It's not all about all those people who aren't talking to you. Maybe it's actually more about the one person you need to talk to. Rather than saying, love me, love me, love me, love me, you you go out and love them. Pastor Chad's been hammering that with our students and it's so good. Next, serve one another. Remember those one another's that kept popping up in this passage? There's actually 76 of them in the Bible in the New Testament. But, but let me highlight serve one another. This means as a member, you can serve each other. Help with the kids. Help with greeting. Help with coffee, security, media, music, students. And I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch else. It means you can take the first step. It means you can be the one to start a conversation. Well, they haven't talked to me. No, you, you be the one. You can be the one to reach out in service and fellowship. You're a member. You're, you're like, there's no two tiers of membership here. Remember that. You can do this. It's a privilege to reach out to the body. All right, I want to read one more Scripture passage, by the way. Second point is really quick here. We're going to read Scripture. The body comes together. For the ordinances. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen through 34. So we're going to turn back a page or two, depending on how it is. And I want to highlight one thing as I read this. I want you to look and see how many times this passage says these words, when you come together. Let those just, like this is like a drum beat. Like Kent, who was up there hitting that, that bass drum that kept all the band together on the same beat. There's a bass drum beat to this passage. And it's the phrase, when you come together. So listen to this. 1 Corinthians 11, 17. We come together for the ordinances. But in the following instructions, I do not commend you. In other words, this church had issues. Because when you come together, it's not for the better, but for the worst. For in the first place, when you come together... As a church, by the way, this is how we know this is talking about a local church, not just the big church. When you come together as a church, I hear there are divisions among you, and I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Verse 20, 
when you come together, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat, for in eating it, each one goes ahead and eats his own meal. They were coming together for like a potluck, but they're all, all eating their own pot. They weren't sharing, all right? Verse 22. Um, excuse me, verse 21. For in eating, one goes ahead and eats his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God? Man, what a strong statement. And humiliate those who have nothing. What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. And here's instructions for the Lord's Supper. We're about to take this shortly. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when He was betrayed, took bread. When He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body. Which Did y'all catch this? Like, Christ's body. And all of a sudden... Now he's comparing the church to his body. And this, this is really significant theologically. All right. But this is talking about Christ's physical body. For when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took a cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, You proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. This is why we take the Lord's Supper all together. By the way, this is also why we use just a taste. Because this isn't the full meal yet. We're waiting on that until Jesus comes back. This This is a looking forward meal. This is the appetizer for the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is why we do it Physically together. This is why we made painful, painful times away from taking the Lord's Supper. Well, we were just doing live stream where we were trying to figure out what was going on with the whole COVID thing. We didn't take the Lord's Supper because we weren't coming together. This is why we teach our kids who haven't trusted in Christ yet and been affirmed by the church in baptism. But you wait. And this is why we would ask those of you who are here who are who are not a believer, um, who are not affirmed by church in, in membership somewhere, even though it's, it's, not, it's not our supper, it's the Lord's Supper, so that might be in Georgia, that might be in somewhere else, that might be another local church around here. But if you're not, we'd just ask you to wait and watch us repent. That's why we take this seriously. This is a member thing. This is a body of Christ thing. Verse 27, whoever therefore then eats of the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to confess our sins to Christ and uh, repent and then we'll take the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment to himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill. Some have died. But if we judged ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, I love this part, it's, it's even showing mercy. We are disciplined. So when we're judged, we're not judged. That's good news. That's Jesus. We are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. Verse 33, we come back to the drumbeat. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone's hungry, let him eat at home. So that when you come together... It will not be for judgment. About the other things, I'll give direction when I come. 
So here's what we're going to do. I want you to think of membership in a totally different way. I want you to, to think through and process this. As we come to sing and then the Lord's Supper, what does this all mean for me? Take, take this personally. Where am I dropping the ball as a member of this body? Where's the hand, you know, flapping around and accidentally whacking the head? Like, let's, let's, let's address these things in our hearts. And let's love each other. Let's treat each other like members of the same body. I don't hit my finger with a hammer on purpose. I may have hit my finger with a hammer a number of times. Never on purpose, right? Sometimes we kind of hit a finger with a hammer in the church on purpose. Some of us need to do some repentance. Let's learn to love each other and treat each other well. Pray with me. Father, thank you for your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your mercy over and over and over and over and over and over. May we be the body of Christ. Lord, for those who are discouraged and feeling less than and and unwanted, Lord, may we surround them with love. May they feel how we love them. Lord, for those of us that might be a little puffed up, may we humble ourselves and realize we're nothing without the rest of the body. Certainly nothing without You, Christ. Lord, I pray for those that are thinking about membership, dealing with membership. Lord, these are, if it's from another church, and I know there's been so many hurts over the years done in the name of church and Christ. Lord, I pray for comfort and a new take on this from Scripture. May we sing to You as one body, under one Lord, from one baptism, filled with one Spirit. In Jesus, Your name we pray. Amen.